Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 270 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business. Pregnant pause? Samuel Mator. Good news, everyone. This is going to be an amazing podcast. When Sam says good news, there are multitudes of reasons for celebration tonight. We're recording a night early, and you're getting this episode more than a day early, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday, February 9th. We are hot off the heels of a Nintendo Direct just two hours ago did it end, and we are here recording our instant reactions. But that's not all, Sam. We got a huge show lined up tonight. Uh, I I just love it when you, you, you just like both stick. There's two TV stories that are huge that literally I found out a few hours ago and I've been giddy ever since. Yeah. So we got a ton, a metric ton to talk about going in to waking up Tuesday morning. The top three stories of our podcast did not exist yet. Waking up Tuesday morning. Two of them dropped today. The announcement for one dropped yesterday, which then happened today. So basically today has been the best day of 2022 so far from a pop culture perspective. I was going to say, if not for today, it would have been a very short pod for For these new announcements. Yeah. And so we just got a ton to talk about. We have the first Nintendo Direct of 2022, a 40-minute bombshell Nintendo Direct in what I am calling the best non-E3 Direct. I can I can ever remember seeing. So the only one that probably hits it is March 2018 when they announced the new Smash Bros game. But this was just wild, man. It's just what a wild direct. So we have that one to talk about. We'll go through the entire thing. I took copious notes. Believe me. Copious. As you always do. I'm, I'm watching this thing, taking notes at the same time. I love doing it. It's so much fun. And it just ended. So we haven't had a ton of time to like dive into the theories and the stories and like the deeper stuff. So there could be things we miss or that could come out later that we don't have yet because these are pretty instant reactions. So we have that. That's where our top three is going to lie. Our top three announcements from the direct. They could be updates to games that already were announced or new announcements. Um so we'll go from there. From there, we have some stories about Rockstar, Grand Theft Auto, Batman Arkham, Goldeneye. We have another story about that. We talked about that two times this year already. For the third time this year, we're going to be talking Goldeneye. I'm very excited about that. Where we go into TV. And this. What an amazing afternoon for this first story in TV. Hulu is going to revive Futurama, one of our favorite shows of all time. And we get to talk about it. So stay tuned for that, Sam. I'm so pumped to talk about more Futurama. The show that won't stay dead. It's got more revivals than Family Guy. And uh, and that's not all. This morning, Sam sent me a story about a show I've never seen before, but it is absolutely on the list now uh, in Justified with Timothy Oliphant. So we're going to talk oh. about that. Obi-Wan on Disney Plus got a release date out of nowhere as the direct is starting. I'm like, Disney, do you not have any foresight? you like... You have a crossover audience here. Uh, I really probably would have timed that better. They gave you 36 hours notice, but whatever. Disney going to do what Disney going to do. They're Disney after all. Um, but anyway, Obi-Wan got a release date. Jack and Daxter might be the next thing coming. We got some Lord of the Rings updates in both movies and TV. Lightyear got a trailer, a new one. And Sam's going to bring us home with a weekly WADA. So in an absolute part of my language, fuck ton of stories to talk about tonight but before we get there because we have our picks of the week and trivia in just a minute we want to give you one final reminder that 
this Monday on Valentine's Day, we got a very special bonus episode coming to you live. Games Beats uh, Reviews Editor Mike Minotti, one of the Beef and Cheddar Boys, uh, one of the last of the Nintendogs, and uh, one of the three hosts of the 90s Disney podcast will be joining us for a very special interview. I am psyched on this one. Oh, we are going to have a fucking hell of a fun. A fucking hell of an hour. Yeah, we really are. Sam and I were talking before this. we recorded this, and he brought up an amazing question to ask that I didn't even think of. Sam's going to ask that one. So once, when you're li- Once okay. in a blue moon, I, I get a good question. In. So when we... When you Sam will ask it on the pod. So when as you're listening to it, think about it. Of all the questions Sam asked, which one do you think was this genius question? I bet you somebody <laughs> out there is going to get it right. DM us what you think Sam's genius question is from the interview, and we'll let you know if you're right or not. I guarantee somebody nails it. It's not hard. Oh my! If you know, if you listen to the pod, I think you know where my question was for real. And, and if you know us at all in personal life, especially me, you're not going uh, to. Know, definitely know this one. <laughs> all right, we have our picks of the week in trivia. So let's start where we custom merrily do with our picks of the week all right i i ha- this is my pick of the week I, I i don't care what anyone says i don't care what diehards say it i'm going with the book of boba fett I, i'm not going to say because i again i'm not going to let someone take the wind out of my sails if i enjoyed the show from episode one yes i'll admit i think the show would have done better if they released the first two episodes yes i that i agree with but i i love the backstory i never looked at Boba Fett as this mysterious, uh, you know, crime lord bounty hunter. No, he, he died in fucking five minutes. I, I don't know. I, I never understood the, the the mystery around him. I never read the books. I never read the comics. So maybe that obviously would have something to do with it. But I loved where it started. I loved the flashbacks. I loved hearing about the Tusken Raiders and how they were, you know, because we never did no shit about them guys. So to get more of a backstory to actually, I never thought I'd say I, I cared about a Tusken Raider. Again, there was layers to this show. Yeah, maybe not for everyone. Yeah, they had some misses. Maybe some of the newer, the younger speed bike crew. It it just stuck out. That might have been one of my big nitpicks of the show. Young Nat from Yellow Jackets. Yep, that that's her. You know, again, her character okay, but the bike it it, it just they went stuck very out. they went very slow. Like that well, bike that, chase that that chase in episode three was real bad. It, yeah, it was three or four, right? It was three because I I only watched it and I'm only on episode four now. So I, okay, so that was three. So three was pro- I would say that would be my least favorite episode. Two was mine, and it's not even close. And people See, were and, saying. And, the second half was great. So I yeah, just, and I love. See, I was all in. I loved that whole train scene. I I thought that was fantastic. I loved it. Um, clearly, episodes five and six are. I mean, you people could say seven. I could see, but five for me is the best episode of the entire show. But wasn't it even that like a Boba Fett episode? Yeah, it was. He's so like. How can you say that a show about was it, like it, it, there? There's uh, there's a little tie into it at the end, but again, it's. Again, what they used in this episode with like I, our buddy Extra Techie Sean, I kind of said like it's not even fair what they used in that episode. Like it was like, of course, if once you see it, you're gonna be like, oh, it's not even fair. Of course, this is. So I give it like, you know, it's like they kind of cheated on this episode. So I was like, okay. I do still plan on watching it. Like, no, I'm I stopped after three. I've tried four like three times. I just I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting Dude, there. You, you could just watch five and, and, and end it and be like, okay, perfect. I saw a villain in six and I heard seven was really good. I'm I'm gonna get there. As a matter of fact, I hope to get there by the time we do the interview with Mike because he likes the show. So I want to be oh, able please. to talk about it with you two and not be kind of lost. Um, so I oh, that's why it. I say five and six. Like again, like for for the, the the bad guy that shows up in six. I watched Bad Batch. I saw a picture of him and it looked it looked he would look pretty cool. 
Oh, the, the, he was he looked so menacing. They used the same voice actor that was from, I believe it was the Clone Wars and Bad Batch, the same guy. So he's super menacing. But thank God I watched Bad Batch because if okay, I did good. I've never seen him before. So that makes sense. Yeah. So if I didn't, bro, I would have no idea who this guy is. So for me, knowing like who he was, it, it hit. I was like, oh, I get it. And the way they set it up, I don't want to say anything more because you want, I want you to see it with that. Hopefully you might have seen something, but. I didn't see anything. I've stayed completely yeah, off. So I, I think I, I heard. I think I heard something, and I'm pretty sure that I'll know what you're about to say. But yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna just going to be vague and, and just say who he goes up against. I loved. It was Western. It brought back everything. I. Uh, it was great. Tamora Morrison. He took a, obviously he took a back seat in episodes five and six, but episode seven it definitely paid off a lot of things that they set up. Again, there's more stuff I want to say that I can't say because you're not there yet. But they definitely paid some stuff off. Um, some, some great moments in episodes there, there was some great moments. Um, think, yeah, yeah, again, I'm stuck. I'm not want, I'm wanting to talk about it, but I can't, but again, if you're a star Wars fan, I, I you got to give it a shot. It may, it may be up your alley. It may not. If, if you had B- uh, Boba Fett on a pedestal, you may not like it because in your head, he was this badass bounty hunter. And in this, in this show, you see him get his ass kicked a lot in the beginning. Um, this show introduces live action, Black Santin, who, is a freaking Wookiee, and he's such a badass. Hope we get more of him. Um, I didn't hear anything. Obviously, the, the finale just aired today, Thursday on the 9th. Um, so, I obviously, way too early for a Season 2 announcement. But I, I hope we get it, because I would like to see more of this, more crossovers. There was, And, again, there was more um, cameos in, in throughout the show, some huge episodes. I believe it was Episode 6 that I, you almost couldn't believe what was happening. Um, and, and just where it left off and it, the show is it, it's going to you're going to get an idea of where Mandalorian is for season three after you watch the book of Boba Fett. So it's on Disney Plus. I, I just give it a chance. Don't give a shit what anyone says. Go watch it for yourself. But if you just if the first two wasn't for you, but you still want to watch Mandalorian, just watch episode five. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, I, I I do plan on watching. It has not been something that connected to me, but neither was Mando season two. And I know I'm in the minority there. There's a ton of discourse of it on Twitter. And I think like with any fandom, you have both sides of the coin and that's OK. It's OK. It's also if you don't like it and you're a Star Wars fan, guess what? That's OK. You yeah. don't have to like everything a property spits out. And on the opposite side, if you don't like Star Wars that much and this show connected with you, that's OK, too. And if you're right in the middle, kind of where you are and more where I am, too. And you liked it. That's perfectly fine. And, and I consider episode five levels of like, you know, like there's Season obviously five breaking bad. Good, no, the, I mean, there's like last 10 minutes of Rogue One Mandalorian. Like there it, it is so oh, some of the best Star Wars. Got it you. is it is top tier Star Wars. Uh yeah, I'll get there really soon. So I am definitely looking forward to having this conversation with you. Um, I mean, every episode's less than an hour and I have to edit. So there's a perfect editing partner. That's the thing, though. I kind of want to like not have something. Well, you, tr- tr- trust me for episode five. You ain't going to want to edit shit. <laughs> I'll wait for the. I'll be maybe when the sh- episode's rendering or uploading or something when I don't have to do anything. Yes, but stare trust at the me, you're not going to want to look away. That's funny. I thought. I knew this week I had two picks the week on the back burner just in case I didn't have one. This is the first week where I literally had to go into the back and like pull one out. Um, well, that's not true. It would have been my pick of the week last week um, if if uh, I didn't want Banjo-Kazooie to be there. But regardless, I thought I thought all day that Murderville was going to be my pick of the week. Like mm. I wanted it to be good. Looks good. Looks it, good. It sucked. 
Oh, it, no. It sucked, dude. I was like, we talked about it on the pod. I was so excited. It got announced last month. Like, Will Arnett, like, fucking bring in a, a, a celebrity. Doesn't have a script. They solve a murder where the celebrity doesn't know. And it, the first two episodes just, they just sucked. They weren't okay, funny. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch it then. I, right. don't, you, see, you might think it's funnier than I did. I don't know if you'll love it, but I, I just don't. Maybe you'll think it's funnier. You tend to think things are funnier than I do sometimes. So maybe it'll hit with you. Conan O'Brien is the first celebrity and Marshawn Lynch is the second one. The uh, former running back. And like it just missed in every conceivable way for me. And I'm so disappointed. So it's not my pick of the week. Uh, that's something I would stay away from. It reminded me a lot of space force ton of like great oh. premise, ton of star power completely fell flat. So that's where I'm at. Um, Will Arnett's decent. And there's one part about sloppy Joe's where it's a sloppy jalapeno instead of a sloppy Joe. And they make it a spicy jalapeno thing. And like uh, Conan O'Brien didn't know he had to eat it. So like when he's eating it, he's like mouth's on fire and he's trying to come up with improv lines on the spot. So that part was great, but that was like the only part I actually liked. Yeah, so, but- it's like, we'll just take hot ones idea and do it. And so I, I wanted to love the show. I did not. So yeah. the other pick of the week I have, and, and I'm very proud of this one because it's so funny. It's so good. It's called pen 15. Uh, it's on, it was it was on Hulu. It lasted two seasons. It ended in 2021, uh, but it ended on the creator's discretion. They wanted to end it. It did not get canceled. Hulu actually fought for more because it's one of the more popular shows on Hulu, and it deserves more. But the two creators are playing seventh and eighth grade versions of themselves, so it's you can only kind of do that for so long before. It, you, nobody buys it anymore because you're yeah. in your thirties and forties or whatever, but it's so good. So pen 15, it's basically these two seventh grade girls, they're best friends, but they're complete like losers, like in every conceivable way, Maya and Anna. And they're played by, uh, like I said, Maya Erskine and, and Anna Conkle, their actual real life counterparts who play seventh grade versions themselves. Maya uh, Erskine was born in 1987. So she's 34 years old. Anna Conkle was born in 1987, a month before me. So she's 34 years old and they're playing 10, 11 year olds, 12 year olds. So it's definitely a difficult role. They do pull it off. You could not tell that they're in their thirties. Like they're both kind of short already. So it works. And like you put some braces on them and like the nineties haircuts, it takes place in the nineties, by the way. Um, and, and you get it. So it's actually, it's called pen 15, but it's spelled out P E N one five. So it's it like, looks like the word penis on the, on the uh, title screen. It's so funny. They basically just have to navigate their way through high school, but it's not like a teen drama. It's not a Degrassi situation. It's not like that. This is a straight comedy. They play this as a comedy and it's so funny. Um, like it, it's got nineties mannerisms. It's got nineties phrasing. It's got nineties toys and like TV shows. So it brings you right back to the best decade of my life. Um, and so uh, navigating through grade school again, which brought back so many memories as one of the outcasts for me in grade school, because I started skateboarding in sixth grade. So I started to become the outcast right around the time that these two girls are in the show. 25 episodes. Every one of them's hilarious. And I cannot recommend it. If you're looking for a good laugh and you somehow still have Hulu, which if you don't for one of our TV stories, you're going to need it soon. Uh, pen Pen 15 cannot recommend this one enough kind of like only murders in the building like who's got some bangers 
They really do. It, it sounds I, I like them playing themselves. Like, I think that's a, a, a nice. Uh, yeah. And they wanted to end it because they were like, guys, we don't we can't do this forever. We won't want to be South Park, basically. Return to 36. Stuck, right. Where they're stuck in their third grade for 26 seasons. Yeah. You know, so I appreciate that, that they that they wanted to end it. They walked away from a lot of money, uh, unlike, you know, well, actually kind of like Game of Thrones, except they didn't just pack it in. They actually made good content to end their show. Um, so I'll, I'll end that there. Pen 15 for me, the book of Boba Fett for Sam. Let's get into trivia. Eight for me, five for you. I'm up by three in our race to 11 win by two. I'm going to give you the first question or the question. And if it's not the most obvious question ever today, then I don't know what is Sam. What year was the first Nintendo direct? However, I will tell you this. It was after 2009. It was after 2009. Yep. And I'll still give you four choices, but now you're down to what? 12, 13 choices. Let's go 2014. Incorrect. 2011. It wasn't even one of my choices either. Damn. Um, Uh, I just went with my guy. I I need to catch up. So October of 11, I think. I remember in October of 21 last year, I went back and I rewatched them for their 10th year anniversary i watched the first like 10 and boy they were rough um i'm wow. sure they were they were bad dude. they were real bad but anyway uh so, all right so eight for me still five for you what do you got and this question it's not up your alley i'm just hoping that you just need answers and still get it wrong because i need to stump you here what millennium item does yugi moto have in Yu-Gi-Oh? no idea at he's the all. main guy with the super saiyan i know i know who he is i don't even know i think you asked me this before I think I did too. Yeah, or something like it. Um, it I, or another character's item because there's other characters have different items. Yeah, you. I but I think you asked me Yugi Motos. Like I remember, I strictly yes. remember this. I think if you give me the choices, it might, um, it, it might spark a memory. But I need the answers. Yeah. Okay, you have A Millennium Puzzle, B Millennium Ring, C Millennium Rod, D Millennium Eye. Puzzle. You are correct. It is the puzzle. Sweet. I, 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 dude, I, swear, I wrote. I was like, I think I asked him. Ah, it's been a while. It's Yu-Gi-Oh. He might forget. I, I didn't remember. I just went with one of them. <laughs> I just right. went with puzzle. It sounded like all something right. that you wouldn't have thought of as a choice. That's all. Interesting. Uh, okay. eight, and a, eight and a half for you. Five for me. I can't believe we're already eighteen minutes in, and we're just getting to the direct. Now, that's my bad for rambling about Pen Fifteen. No, um, we're we're absolutely. I did ramble on Book of Boba Fett. But I, I helped. I'm sorry. I really want to talk about this though. Let's finally jump into the gaming section. It's here. We watched it. Let's talk about it. Nintendo Direct's recap. Yeah, uh, this is the February 9th Direct. Like I said, two hours ago, this thing ended. And so uh, I've said it in the top of the show. I'll reiterate here in case you skipped because of time codes and you're just here for the first time. Welcome, first of all, to our new listeners who are going to listen because of their Direct. Appreciate you all. Welcome to the pod. This was the best non-E3 Direct I've ever watched. And the only thing I can think that rivals it is the March 2018 one where they announced Crash coming to the Switch and the Insane Trilogy and uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate and stuff like that. That's when Chris Shriver called me crying afterwards. So <laughs> that's, <a> bad job. <laughs> <laughs> that's how good this Direct was as a non-E3 Direct. I just I, and, and I didn't give a flying fuck about the first announcement that kicked it off or the one big final thing. And it still rocked my socks because all the things in between were so good. So without me rambling, that's exactly how I feel. When you watched it overall, what were your thoughts? I would say like the first and last, it didn't do 
anything to me. Yeah. But there is some meat inside that it makes it that 40 minutes actually flew by. And that's exactly it, dude. This was one of the best paced directs ever. Usually there's like a, some filler here or there or like I can put my pen down for a minute and relax. But they paced this out so well with announcements for everyone all throughout that it made real sense to me. I really liked it. There was one oh, section. What more of them playing tennis? I would have watched a little bit more. <laughs> so that's the only time I got a breather because I just wanted to enjoy it and soak it in. I didn't have to write anything down on my phone. I got a ton of misspellings and stuff in my phone. So some of this information, um, I think I got it all right. So I apologize if like maybe a date is wrong, but I think I got all of them right. Or maybe a name of the game or something is just like a little off, but I think I got it all. Uh, it, it was fantastic. And there's something that with that one last big one, the last announcement of the day that while I don't care about it, there's potential for me too. So I'll talk about that in a little bit, but it kicked off with a Muso game, which doesn't do it for me. Dynasty warriors was never my thing. Hyrule warriors was okay, but we got fire emblem warriors, three hopes, which is a sequel to fire emblem warriors. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about how they didn't show the real big meat of this game in today's direct. So there's more to meet the eye on this one. But I didn't like the first one. The first one wildly underperformed, wildly uh, 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 critically didn't do well either. So they're getting a sequel. I don't like Muso games that much. I don't love Dynasty Warriors. So Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, June twenty fourth. You like Dynasty Warriors? Did this do anything for you? It would. I was the only. I wrote down Dynasty Warriors slash Link's Awakening question mark. I I, ne- I never got into the Fire Emblem. I know there's a million different characters. Yeah, it's just play Smash. You'll know them all. I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, I feel like you can either love the Dynasty Warrior games or you're probably a huge Fire Emblem fan. I, I haven't found the, the person who plays both. Yeah, and that's kind of what Hyrule Warriors is, is that Breath of the Wild, or I'm sorry, the Legend of Zelda meets Dynasty Warriors, and that's where I liked it, but there's not a lot of characters here that stick with me. I don't play Fire Emblem. I've never played Fire Emblem. It's not my thing. I don't get up out of bed in the morning thinking, I want more Fire Emblem. Matter of fact, I want less. Yes, I'm that guy. I can't stand the Fire Emblem characters except for Marth in Smash because Marth is just really good in Smash. So he's a good sword fighter. He's one of the 500. Uh, so this one didn't do anything for me, but they gave us exactly what we wanted right off the top, which was an, an update to Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp. This was delayed back in December when it was supposed to come out. And we all thought April because Kirby is in March. And they did confirm that it will have 4-8 as a release date. So Fire, I'm um, not Fire Emblem, I'm sorry. Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp has a release date of April 8th. We can create custom maps in this game. Another franchise I never played growing up. I didn't play the, the Game Boy Advanced ones. I don't know why. They just this series missed me somehow and they haven't made a new one since then in the in the uh, West. So this will be my first opportunity to. This is a game I see myself watching, but I don't think I'm going to pick it up. I'm kind of waiting. My strategy game is going to be Mario plus Rabbids. That's where I want to focus there. Um, not so much this game, but I definitely want to watch people like Rogers Base or Pro Jared play it. Um, but there's your update for Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. Next we got No Man's Sky, the PS4 debacle, if you will, for a few years. That game was in hell after it came out. I thought it was Death Stranding. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> um, and and so now that it's gotten all of its updates, it got to a great place. It's now critically acclaimed. It's a cult classic. It's loved on the PlayStation family of hardware. Now it's going to come to Switch with all the updates, all the DLC, everything. Five years worth of content updates coming to this game. And if you don't know what it is, you explore space. But space 
is procedurally randomly generated. You get new planets every time you play. You have no idea where you're going. You don't know what you're mining and you don't know what animals and life you're going to find on those planets. And so that is extremely appealing. I'm in finally. I've been waiting years to want to dive in, except I have a strange feeling this game's going to be huge file size and it's i'm on a switch here we're not talking about a terabyte hard drive here so that's a little concerning but this is a game i'm i'm totally in on i love no man's sky i i just thought i just got like a death stranding vibes and i was just out i was just not interested at all i love the space exploration thing i love that and i also love randomly generated stuff like it's neat to put to turn a game on and to know that you have no idea what you're about to find that's kind of cool it might stink. Like I said, I've waited years to play it. You never know. But we got our first big one now. This is where I'm going to stop, smell the roses, have a conversation with you about this, because this made me the giddiest I've been in a long time. And uh, you see two soccer fields, and then they merge together, and you just know, are we going to get a new Mario Strikers game? And we are. Super Mario Strikers Battle League is coming this year. It's coming this June. June 10th, sign me all the way up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, this is my favorite thing right from the direct. This would, our top three, this is my number one. I, I, I can't even beat around the bush here. As soon as I saw it, I said, yep, I, I love the art style. Again, I was like, oh, Rocket League, but Mario, but no speed cards. Was it, I, that's kind of my just about it. No, was this free to play or was this an actual $60 game? This is going to be a $60 game. Okay, there was okay. some free to play stuff in the direct, but this is a $60 game. So Strikers came out on the GameCube. And if you've never heard of it before, it's because nobody bought the GameCube. There's only 21 million in existence. And it is a cult classic soccer game. And it's got all the wackiness that you saw today, just on a smaller scale because it's on the cube. Then the Wii version came out. Super Mario Strikers charged. I think it's just Mario Strikers, not Super, but regardless. And charged was the game that everybody got hooked on, including myself. Me, Ryan, and Bill probably played 100 hours of it, just the three of us uh, combined, man. Like this, this was Smash Bros with soccer. Like that's where you're at, man. You could tackle and destroy people like NFL Blitz style. Every character had their own special shot. Waluigi did the Degeneration X suck it taunt in this game dude and like nintendo like let it go they would never do that nowadays daisy like let her ass hang out they got rid of daisy in this one because they don't want her to be over sexualized but this is what this is what you want out of a mario sports game and here's what i want everybody to to know going into this one because you might say to yourself well greg didn't you say that super or uh, mario golf super rush was one of your most disappointed games of 2021 yes probably my most disappointing nintendo game of the year was Mario Golf. And two years before that, wasn't Mario Tennis Aces good? Yeah, it was very good, but it wasn't great. It didn't have a lot of legs afterwards um, because the story mode fell flat and they didn't add tournaments for a while. And it the, wasn't, there wasn't that many courses, right? That Right, but you have to... Here's the distinction. Those two games were made by Camelot, who's been bastardized, and I can't even remember who made it, Tennis Aces. It might have been Camelot, but it's... That studio has just gotten real lazy and they just take the cash with the name. This game is developed by Next Level Games, who, number one, made the original Strikers games. So that art style that you were talking about, that hand-drawn kind of trick, that look has been there since day one. That's Next Level's signature style, number one. Number two, yes, Next Level was purchased last year by Nintendo, one of the very few studio acquisitions they make. Next Level makes Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion 3, uh, right, which is quality all over, might be the best-looking Switch game graphically overall. 
and it has 12 million copies sold almost. So this is a highly reputable developer, number one. Number two, they're the original Strikers team, so they have a love and commitment to the franchise. Number three, this is their first game since being purchased by Nintendo, so you absolutely know they're going to give it their all because they kind of have to impress new Big Daddy. And number four, let's think about all the fucking things that this game's going to have. Online clubs. What Nintendo game has life like that? They don't. You can start a team of up to 20 players of with your friends and name your club whatever you want. The Mushroom Kingdom Fungi. I don't know. Like You can name that club, then take that club and play against other clubs online. That doesn't happen in Nintendo games. So for this to be a thing is amazing. You can compete, like I said, in tournaments online with the club. There's leaderboards. There's standings. There's going to be tournaments. And locally, offline, you come over, Sam, we can play up to eight players offline in one one switch console that's freaking awesome so like now when you think about all the features that this game is going to have and by the way it's coming in four months now i have faith now i have trust because it's not camelot it's not another internal team this is next level games and they take their name seriously they're going to take this game to the next level and that was what june 10th it comes out june 10th this is going to be amazing i would imagine you're not going to hear the last of us talking about Mario Strikers Battle League. Oh, this is going to do very well. I don't love the name so much. Battle League kind of tells me it's like online. They're using League like Rocket League. They're, yeah, it's the first thing I thought of. They're using Battle because that's a very popular online name. So like, I feel like a very online presence. So if I had one trepidation, one hold up about this game, I would think that the single player content is probably going to be a little smaller on that side. I hope there's... A story where I can take a team of five mushroom character king the kingdom characters, take them through a tournament like a World Cup, like a Mushroom Kingdom Cup or something. I feel like they would have said that today if that wasn't. So I that's my problem is like for me longevity is how many exhibition matches can I play before I get tired of it? Yeah, I, I really hope there's some legs there because yes, I want to join a club with Ryan Cunningham and Jim and and I want to get in on that. But again, we're all adults in our thirties, like. How, you know, two of us have kids. Jim just has, has a puppy. How are we going to be able to kind of coordinate there and play that a lot? So I, I wonder about that, but that's kind of my only hold up. This game is 10 out of 10 on a hype scale. Strikers is back. Have faith. It's going to kick ass. Uh, next, we got a Splatoon 3 update. Salmon Run, where the most popular features of Splatoon 2, is back in a big way. This is that horde mode where you're fighting waves of waves of waves of enemies, and there are new waves, there are new enemies, there are new bosses, and I still don't really care. I feel like they're cranking out these Splatoon games, no? Uh, The first one came out on Wii U, the second one came out in 2017, so five years have passed since the the second and third one, but Splatoon 2 also sold over 15 million copies, is still played on a major competitive level today, so while you think it is, you're not wrong, it's just these games have such legs, because they're really Nintendo's only competitive shooter, so it's kind of the only one you hear about. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you, the, the single player of these games have really shined over the past you know, well, really with Splatoon 2, it really took off. And with this one's looking really promising. And I liked Splatoon 2 fine, but it is one of only three Nintendo Switch games that I've ever traded in. So wow. like, yeah, I don't trade in, I don't trade in games. Yeah. Now, I had a different mindset. I wanted to buy both Pokemon games. So Sword and Shield. So I got it in so I could afford the double pack at the time. I was at a different place financially. But one, two switch. Um, uh, 
uh, Splatoon 2 and Hyrule Warriors are the only three Nintendo Switch games I've ever traded in. So, um, you know, I knew, by the way, I knew I was going to get $34 for Splatoon 2, so I bit the bullet. They pay you mm. a lot for Switch games because they're on cartridge. So they pay you a lot. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in that, there's a Splatoon 3 update. They didn't give us a date, even though we know it's coming in 2022. That tells me we're going to get a Splatoon 3 uh, dedicated direct. direct. Yeah. yeah. And that'll, that'll be that. We then got a front a front mission first remake. Uh, this is coming in the summer. It's another strategy game. The sequel is coming too in the fall. This one fell flat for me. I don't know if it did anything for you. Yeah, well, I was like, damn, they're already coming out with a sequel. Shit, I'm out <laughs> on the first one. Yeah, this is this is a remake of some old games. Uh, it just kind of doesn't do it for me. Mechs are fine. Strategy's fine. Put them together. I'm, I'm just meh on it. Uh, Disney Speedstorm. So I thought this was it for Mario Kart announcements because uh, when you give us this, it's tough to give us Mario Kart too, but we'll hold off on that to later. Disney Speedstorm is a Disney Pixar kind of kart racing Mario Kart clone. The difference here is that it's going to be free to play. That's it. That's the one I was free, mm-hmm. free to play. And over time, they're going to add characters and courses. So that's where the money comes in. So if you want to get Sully from Monsters, Inc. or Elsa, you're going to have to pay a couple bucks. And then their course is probably going to be a couple bucks. And that's where the, their costumes and shit. Yeah, so they'll make their money. Donald Duck, you can have for free. Mickey Mouse, that's all free. Goofy, yeah, you got you to gotta pay for him. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I'm in on the free to start thing. I'm, yeah. I will not sink a dime into this game. I tend to not do that with free to play games. But it's like, uh, as my daughter gets older, she loves Disney and she likes cars. Yeah. So like, hey, honey, you want to play something that's not Ryan's World or Paw Patrol games? I got daddy's got a Disney racing game if you want to play it. It, it. This this was a nice surprise for me. I, I didn't kind of hear anything about it or if they did, I didn't remember it or wasn't expecting to see it. So I, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. Me too. It definitely came out of nowhere. It's not on anybody's prediction list. And again, free to play. All it takes you is time to download it. If you don't like it or you don't want to put money into it, delete it. That's it. Yep. Simple as that. It's coming this summer. We don't have an exact date, but we do know it's coming in the summer. Uh, The Force Unleashed, Star Wars The Force Unleashed is coming April 20th. Now, this is one of the dates I missed. Is either 20th or 28th. I didn't get the date. I apologize. I think it's 20th. If I look at my calendar, mm, April 20th is a Wednesday. The 28th is a Thursday. So games usually come out Friday. So I have no idea what fucking day it's supposed to come out i apologize i think it's april 20th this is one of the best star wars games ever so i really hope that you dive in on this one i love this one back on the i played it on the xbox 360 but i believe it came from the wii as well this game is awesome the only like star wars like i put the one new newer computer game i play when you're you know you're the battle wings like i played that was cool yeah battlefront and and it's the rate the pod racer for n64 they're really the only two star wars games i actually enjoyed this is an, this would be one you really, really do. It's an awesome single player story. It's not like it doesn't have, um, oh my God, what the hell's his name from shameless Cameron Monaghan, like very obviously Cameron Monaghan. Yeah. It's like, as that distraction from last Jedi or Jedi fallen order, this is a really solid game. It's, it's a good pickup and play single player story. I loved it a lot. This is a game I might pick up depending on the price. Nintendo likes to take old games and charge for them. Like they're new again. So We'll see if that ends up happening, but if they if they're like nineteen ninety nine, I'm in. I have a feeling it's gonna be twenty nine ninety nine, which then I'm out. Uh, then we got Assassin's Creed the Ezio Collection, which is Assassin's Creed one, two, three. I think it's all the games with Ezio, the original Assassin in it. 
It's going to have touch controls on it, like touch screen controls, like a bunch of stuff, enhancements for the Nintendo Switch. That's cool. Not really for me. SD Gundam Battle Alliance is coming in 2022. Anything to say about that? It was cool to watch a little mini Gundams battle. I thought that yeah. was cute. They were chibi Gundams. That was that was cute. Yeah, that was cute. I was like, okay, that's neat. Chrono Cross is getting a remaster. That has been rumored for upwards of a year, and everybody thought it was going to be revealed by Sony. So to be on the Nintendo Direct is actually a really big deal. Caught a lot of people by surprise, myself included. So Chrono Cross, unfortunately, it's not Chrono Trigger, which is the most unbelievable JRPG out there on the SNES. It was so good. Um, but... Chrono Cross Remaster finally revealed they updated some stuff to it. They updated the graphics. They updated the music. Um, you can skip overworld battles as like a way to not make it so grindy and like random. So you can like turn off where you walk up into an enemy and it forces you into a battle. You can just walk right fucking by him. I love that. That's a huge quality of life improvement. That's going to shave 10 hours off of your game time. That's Easy. great. <laughs> uh, that's April 7th for anybody out there that cares. Then we got a nice little update, real meaty update here for Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It is still coming March 25th, but Kirby is known for sucking things up and copying the ability. So it's Link, it's Pikachu, whatever from Smash Bros. You all know it. You all love it. In his games, he sucks up the enemies and can copy them. Kirby's now going to get new abilities that aren't copy, which is incredible to me. Copy will still be there, and you can even craft and upgrade your copy abilities to make them even better. But Kirby can turn into a car. He can turn into now a paraglider and paraglide. He can turn into a water spout and spit out water. He can turn into uh, a traffic cone and like pop holes into things and for air to like go upwards or water, whatever the case may be. So like you're using these other abilities now that aren't copy that Kirby has in this wonderful 3d environment, really vibrant, really colorful for a post-apocalyptic Nintendo world. Um, and I love that. So you're getting a ton more to this game than meets the eye. This game was an instant pre-order when I first heard about it. Now it has just been reiterated for me in the next couple months up until strikers in June. This is my most hyped game. This is going to be awesome. Huh. I'm so excited for this. I, I wish I I wish I dug Kirby more, but even as uh, growing up, man, I never gave a baker's fuck about Kirby. Yeah, me neither. That's what I love about this. I don't have the Kirby nostalgia, so I don't know what I'm getting into with this one. Yeah. It, my worry is it's going to be fucking easy as hell because it's a Kirby game, but maybe because it's 3D and this whole Mario Odyssey vibe to it and this whole like. I, I still think it's going to be easy as shit. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I don't, I'm sure it'll be on the easier side. A lot, a lot of the, the big, the villains look goofy as hell. One, one guy, his eye was in Cle- Cleveland. The other one was in Chicago. There was a couple things I laughed at <laughs> during that, that trailer. Uh, yeah, it, it does look better than the initial rollout. The initial rollout, the frame rate looked pretty rough on this one. This looks cleaner. March 25th, again, right around the corner. Um, for any of the big console, big three, this one's right up there at the top of my list for hype because we don't really know a ton of PlayStation or Xbox dates right now for the first half of the year. Uh, so that's really cool for me. Looking forward to that one. Then Shohei Otani came out, the best player in baseball, to uh, talk about MLB The Show debuting on the Nintendo Switch in April, day and date with the PlayStation and Xbox version. And normally I would kind of skip over this one, but I feel like there's two key points, three really, that I want to talk about. Number Major one, League Baseball and Griffey Jr.'s graphics are better. Number one, number one. Uh, I was talking to, I think, I, no, I wasn't talking to, I was listening to a Minotti pod, one of his three. He brought up Ken Griffey Jr. on the Super Nintendo. So, by the way, something else for you to talk about. He knows the Griffey games. Just putting that out there. Um, this 
Yeah, it doesn't look. It looked rough. The frame rate in a trailer looked rough. Shohei was throwing a pitch, and I was like, "Is he or is he just cutting out animation frames?" Like it looked, it looked a little rough. But it was wild. It was wild for me in a Nintendo Direct to see the PlayStation Studios logo. That's I did, I did. weird. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. This, this is a PlayStation first party title. And it is wild to me to see that PS, that beautiful PlayStation logo in a Nintendo Direct. It's just crazy to me. And so that's the, probably the first time ever that that's happened. That's that's a, a big kind of monumental thing. Um, that's one. Two, my favorite mode, Road to the Show, where you take a character, you create them, and you bring them up through the minor leagues, is going to be available. So I'm excited there. That's what I wanted. I just hope that, that they wouldn't take that mode out. But here's the cool part. You can uh, enable cross-console saves. So if I play on Game Pass and I start a career, I can pick it up on my Switch. That's awesome. I am so beyond... Because remember, I was talking to you about this when this got announced. I said... You were going to get it, right? You were were getting it regardless. I I said, it's going to be available on Game Pass for free and on Switch for 60. And I asked you, which one do you think I'm going to get? You said Game Pass. I said, no, I'm going to buy the Switch one because I can play it on the go. Now I can buy the Switch one and play the Game Pass one. So if I want the good graphics on my TV, I don't have to just play the Switch one. I can play the good one on my series console. And then if I want to play the little bastardized version on the go in bed and just pick up my, my save, I can. Cross console saves is awesome. Gotta love it. You don't see that very often. You just, no. You just don't. Especially with Nintendo. Right, exactly. So, And they said from the PlayStation version or the Xbox version, you can do cross-console and back and forth. So that's amazing. And another cool thing, if like you're playing it on tabletop mode or even on your TV, if you came over, we can play an entire game of baseball with a single Joy-Con. So like, you know, you just need a Switch and you can play with a buddy one-on-one so that's it's neat to know you don't have to use both joy-con or anything like that to play the game you can just play with one and it just kind of works do i have hope for this one being a good version i said it before if they could make a vita version expect that with like a little bit better um like playstation 3-ish version but this ain't gonna be the best now we're talking about nine-year-old tech anyway so the show kind of needs a facelift in general so whatever i'll play it kind of between Game Pass and Switch. It's a cool little thing. Yeah. They then they then reminded us of Kingdom Hearts. That collection's available now. Uh, the th- first, the three games available, but they're the cloud versions. So, like, here's my advice. Skip them. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't need them. Klonoa 1 and 2. I forget what the the, the actual, like, I hate that name. Klonoa? I hate that name. Why? Because it's tough. I don't know. It, it, just, it just sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> it's, they're amazing. It don't, it, don't, it don't roll off the tongue good. It, it, they're amazing. It's if you like salami, it does. No, I, 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 but I don't. It doesn't make you want to go play a game that you know. I don't know. It, it just the name. Just I, I don't know. I hope somebody got my joke. Klonoa. There's a salami called Genoa. Klondike. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> sure. That's what I think. Not even a D, an I, or an E, but that's fine. Uh, Klonoa one and two. I, again, I forget what the collection is called, but they're coming to Switch July eighth. Nintendo, those tricky bastards. They're coming before July 8th to PlayStation 5 and Xbox and PC. They're coming later to Switch. So if you actually want to play these games fast, get it on a PlayStation or an Xbox. If it's on Game Pass, I'll just I'll just play it there. If not, I'll buy it when it comes to Switch. This game, the, at least the first one, I didn't 
play the second one and I think I didn't play it because it didn't look very good. But the first one is a phenomenal, phenomenal 2D platformer. Incredibly underrated. Love the first Klonoa. The second one, hey, if it's included in the collection, I'll give it a shot. Just don't be $59.99, guys. Please. Mm-hmm. Like, give me $29.99 on this. Please. There are fucking Wii games. Like, do not overdo it, Nintendo. Don't shit your pants on this one. We're getting a Portal collection of Portal 1 and 2, the compilation collection in 2022. A lot of people love that. I loved Portal for a very short time, and then I kind of moved past it, but no doubt. Portal 2 ranks as one of the best games ever made on like any list ever. So if you're excited for Portal, you get to play it on the go, which is weird because they're made by Valve. Valve has the Steam Deck coming out in like days, weeks, and you can just play Portal on that. So it's weird now. Portal is becoming a handheld franchise almost, which is neat to think about. Uh, Live Alive is a 2D HD, HD 2D, however you want to say it, um, RPG making its North American debut. This game was only available in Japan. It is one of the most underrated cult classic video games of all time. There's like fan translations out there in English, da 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 da. But now they've localized it, which also gives me hope for something we'll talk about in a minute. I was in love with the way this game looks. It looks fucking dope. You can play a whole b- bunch of different timelines, a shinobi, uh, ancient Chinese, r- modern day, futuristic, all these cool timelines in one RPG coming July 22nd. Um, anything there for you, live alive. I will take his silence as a no. I- I'm so sorry. I-, I was literally reading something. And I lost my train of thought. It's okay. I'm keeping it in there. We always, we, we do this. We're honest. We're honest. We're human here. We're human. I know I ramble. It's okay, Sam. Uh, Nintendo switch sports was next. And this was the big surprise. I tweeted out Nintendo. One thing they amazing. They do in every direct. That's amazing. Is they always come out with a game that completely surprises you that nobody predicted that nobody had on their bingo card, if you will, but everybody wants. And, They found it with this one. You want to talk about Wii Sports, the second or third best-selling game of all time. A lot of that's because it was packed in with with the Wii. But a classic title, Wii Sports, now up to the Nintendo Switch with new games, new graphics, new everything. Uh, It even had the fucking jingle. Amazing. Loved it. April 29th. This game is right around the corner. I cannot wait for Nintendo Switch Sports. They're coming out with a free update in the fall to add golf to it, so that's going to be amazing. And if you're a Nintendo Switch Online member from February 18th to the 20th, they're asking you to please go online, download a demo, play it online, and test it out, because Nintendo needs help with their servers, and this is an opportunity for you to get your hands on Nintendo Switch Sports early Dude, Wii Sports on Switch? That's everything I ever wanted. I'm all the way on this. Do you have any nostalgia for Wii Sports at all? Oh, I, I nev- never had a Wii. I think I only did a like a one Wii Sports activity. One, it might have been at your house. It might have been one Probably. thing, and that was it. And I never freaking picked it up again. So, I mean, hey, I, it makes sense for them to, to do it for the next system if it did so well on the Wii U. We used to have bowling tournaments all the time in, in my house, so that's probably where you played it with us, and we did... The baseball. It, 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 it definitely wasn't long because I have literally no yeah. 
gaming memories on the Wii U. My my wife's dad still owns a Wii at her house, like my parent, my in laws' house. So like anytime we have like Thanksgiving, oh, excuse me, Thanksgiving or something over their house, all the kids we go down. Well, I'm not a kid, but all the kids go down in the basement and they play Wii still. And the only game they own is Wii Sports. So I still have a lot wow. of nostalgia, and from that alone, when I bought my Wii in 2006. My first game I ever played was Wii Sports, and I played baseball and golf and bowling and table tennis and wrestling and all the cool games that came with it. Now we're getting volleyball. We're getting some fucking thing where you beat people up with a stick and knock them off a cliff. I don't know what it's called, but we're getting all that, but we're getting the bowlings. We're getting that cool stuff. I didn't see baseball, which makes me think, hey, maybe they're uh, maybe because the show is coming. They didn't, I don't know. Who, who knows what that looks like, but. They're going to add golf in the in the fall. This is a great announcement. I'm so, so excited for Nintendo Switch Sports. Then we got the Taiko Rhythm game coming to Switch in 2022. A Project Triangle Strategy, now just called Triangle Strategy Update, where there's a brand new demo available right now. They did the first demo upon its uh, announcement. They made some changes based on your feedback. Now there's a second demo available for this game right now. You can play all the way up until Chapter 3, and then that carries over to your main game, so you don't have to replay it again. That's something that's appealing to me. I love the art style. I like strategy games. This is cool. It's made by the same people that did Octopath Traveler. And now it's going to be free as a demo. Again, it's one of those things, man. I'm going to download it. If I don't like it, I'm going to fucking delete it. I'm never going to think about it again. <laughs> it's, it's just cool to have. Uh, we know Cuphead is getting DLC, the delicious last course that's coming June 30th, but the switch will get it the same day, which is neat that it's not coming to Xbox first. Then we're getting a free update. Well, really we're getting two free updates to Metroid dread. Thank God they're supporting this game. My game of the year uh, after its release. So available right now is the first free update. They added rookie mode. So an easy mode which is cool, but they also added dread mode, which is you die in one hit, which is literally Dante must die mode in devil may cry. I can't wait to go watch the speedrunners fucking tackle this mode. Cause you know, they're going to, Oh you God. Yeah, that's, I mean, you get even devil may cry is Dante must die mode. It, it's freaking awesome. It just, you could be at the very goddamn end and one little speck <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, if you run it's, into it, a it fish, is fun. It, that's a really fun mode to add in. And you know what's cool is I get I almost guarantee you, maybe not the first time, but I guarantee you in the next three years, this dread mode is going to be run at AGDQ or SGDQ. I guarantee uh, it. I agree 100. percent Yeah, I think the first dread has never been there yet. Obviously, it's a new game. I think it'll be there at SGDQ this year, and I think it'll be just the normal any percent or 100 percent kind of just a run to showcase it. But after that, I guarantee you in the next three years, we're getting this dread mode. And then in April, which is not far away, we're getting a second free update with a boss rush mode, something that is very appealing to me. I haven't gone back and played this since I think November. Uh, so this is very exciting that I'm going to dive back in. I want to try it on dread mode and see how far I get. I would imagine. Yeah, nice. I would imagine I can probably get to the first boss without taking a single hit. Well, I, I could see you do actually getting a little bit further. I, I, I think you're, you know, maybe it's going to take you a couple tries to get the hang of it, the rhythm, and then I think you're going to fly through because you're, 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 you're a speedrunner at heart. Oh, sure am. I, I miss it. Then one of the best announcements ever, just ever, and we have the game before. It's available to buy on Wii U. 
It's available on an SNES cartridge or an NES. Well, it's available on the Wii U for, for beginnings. They never brought that to America, but I digress. Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings are available on Nintendo Switch Online, included in your membership right now. They shadow dropped it. They shadow dropped the 20 year old game uh, and a 30 year old game. That's amazing. First and foremost, love that. Second of all, if you don't have one of those NES minis, if you don't have a Super Nintendo, and only 14 million of us had the Wii U, so not many people have that, this is going to be the first time that a lot of people are going to be able to play Earthbound. Really? The first? I mean, oh, because it never came over. It sold like dog shit on the SNES. It sold less than a million copies. It sold like less than, I think, less than 500,000 copies. Like it didn't do well at all. Uh, upon its initial release because they brought it out with a giant book and a strategy guide and they made it like a hundred dollars as opposed to a normal good old fashioned game price. So it really was doomed from the start. Plus it was mother two mother one never came to America until the Wii U. So like people like, what the fuck is this game? The marketing stunk. The marketing for the game in Nintendo power was this game stinks. And it was a scratch and sniff of a pile of sludge. So they didn't get the reference. People saw it and said, this game stinks. Why would I want to buy it? Nintendo really shot themselves in the foot with this. But Nintendo's PR, and you know PR, dude. They'll make anything sound good, right? They can make me taking a shit sound like I'm singing a fucking classic hit. Like, they know what they're doing. In the PR for this game, right, they came out and they said, uh, what, what did they, they said, relive these fan favorites. So they goddamn know, they absolutely know that people have been clamoring, not only for Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings, but Mother 3. I've said it every single direct, but now what this does, Sam, and we alluded to it at the top of the show, it gives me hope that this franchise isn't dead. And that's all you needed. That's it. Just a little bit, just a little bit of juice to get me to where I need to go. you're saying there's a chance. And that's all I need is just a chance. My hope is alive. For the past six years since we've done this show, I have every single direct in E3 predicted Mother 3. And now I finally feel like any time in the next- They listen to the podcast. They actually listen. Outside of this, maybe this E3, any time after that, I feel like there's a good possibility again that we might get this. And that's extremely exciting for me. Because hope assuming that it, se- it sells well is alive. And well, that's what I was saying to you. I think I said it off the air was Nintendo can track every second that somebody plays these, their games on NS on NSO. So like, they're going to know how many people have logged on to play it, how, how much time they've spent it to, in it. If they only went to the first boss or after, like they know all of those analytics. So if they look at this and say, holy shit, mother three, not even earthbound mother three was number 18 on trending worldwide today in Twitter, not for video games, the worldwide trend. So people are caring. Shigesato Itoi, the creator of the fucking franchise, tweeted today about the games and said, watch the direct. Dude, he never, ever has done that. This, it's His bring- son had to tweet it because he didn't know how to tweet. <laughs> it's bringing Mother back into the mainstream. I'm hoping Nintendo gets the message. Mother 3 has some pretty questionable things in it some touchy subject matter that if they do bring it over they're gonna have to either localize out rewrite or even just cut who knows what that is plus a lot of licensing issues they very 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 publicly use a beatles song 
Um, the game was very heavily inspired by the Beatles. So like they use a melody and Beatles like lyrics and this was the nineties. They could Good do luck paying they for that. They, they didn't have to the first time cause they fucking just put it in. They said, no one's going to fucking find it. Well, we did. So I don't know how they're going to be able to get around that. So mother three still seems like an impossibility, but you just never know. They could just kind of rewrite a little, a few sections and make it mother three reimagined. And there you go. And it solves two yeah. problems. So I have hope. And it is only, remember, these are just the ROMs. They're available in other places. And it's just two games coming to fucking Super Nintendo and NES on Switch Online. It's not like they're new game announcements. But they made it its own section in the Direct. And that just, again, it gives me hope that they're finally giving Mother another chance in the United States. And that's just that's just amazing. Uh, then they gave us a sizzle reel that I don't care about. Uh, and then they gave us the last two. So almost home here. Uh they gave us, they said, well, here's an announcement for all you Mario Kart fans. And my asshole puckered up to the size of a decimal point. Uh, <laughs> I was like, are we really getting nine when Mario Kart 8 has sold 50 million copies here? Like, what, what is going on? And no, we're not getting nine. We're getting probably the next best thing. Uh, eight years after the game came out and five years after the Switch version of it came out, it's getting DLC. Uh, it's getting a basically the Smash Bros. Challenger Pack. I think they waited on this announcement until Smash was done. That way they didn't have two Challenger Packs kind of going at the same time for their first party. They wanted to space it out. They're smart. They know what they're doing. Uh, this booster course pass basically is what they're calling it. They are remastering 48 tracks from old Mario Kart games, which, by the way, if you've ever played a Mario Kart game, Half the tracks in all the Mario Kart games are just old ones anyway. They only give us half brand new tracks in any of the new games anyway. So they're doing that. And all in six waves. So what's that? Six times eight is what? Eight. So I think like eight tracks a a wave or maybe six to start. Who knows? I forget what it is going to be. I think eight. So like two cups of four each coming in six waves by the end of 2023. Uh, Wave one is March 18th. So like. A month is all we got to wait for the first round of DLC. Something to look forward to. It's going to be the new smash reveal. What tracks are they going to give us? What tracks, uh, which is cool. All the courses combined, 48 courses, 25 bucks. Damn good deal. You can't beat. And this will entice the very few people who didn't buy this game yet to go pick. up. <laughs> yeah. Damn near half the switch install base owns this game. Like 103, 104 million switches, 41 million of them own this game the other nine this like you said this will definitely push it over 50 and like we got a text from somebody earlier before we recorded anthony pino dear good friend of ours who said lol nintendo just dropping well let me read it i don't want to take his shit out of context i want to give him the 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 right of of what he said he said lmfao 25 dollars for a bunch of remade maps uh nintendo yo nintendo is funny and i sit here and think wait a minute wait a minute 48 courses and this is nintendo i agree they're funny They're only charging $25. That's a steal for 48 courses. When Diddy Kong alone in Mario Kart Tour cost $39.99. Like $2 a course, right? And but like the thing is, uh yeah, uh no, it's it's basically two courses for a dollar. You have it backwards. 48 courses, 25 bucks. Oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So um number one, I like that price point, number one. Number two. He said, by the way, I'm going to buy it too, which is funny because, yes, we all are. You both are going to buy it. Come on. If you're Nintendo, well, I don't have to, but if you're Nintendo, 
Would you make a new game, right? And immediately basically stop sales for your old one. Or would you take the game just like PlayStation does? PlayStation, very smart. They're making PS4 versions of God of War, Horizon, and Gran Turismo because they don't want to miss out on the 100 million consoles they have out in the wild. But if you're Nintendo, why would you not take the game with 41 million copies sold and make DLC instead of a new one when you could just do both? They can hold off Mario Kart 9 for another three years until the the next Switch or whatever and launch it as a launch game with the Switch 2. They'll milk. They're gonna milk this as long as they possibly can until nine comes out. Like you said, two to three years, I think, is a good time frame. Whenever I think, whenever the new Switch comes out, I think Mario Kart Nine on the Switch is dead. That's what this tells me because this DLC is going to take us to the end of 2023. That's what they told us. So now you have at least another two years with this game. What's the point of taking another one out when you have this one? What they should and probably will do is with the next Mario Kart game, they'll make it for both. They'll make a Switch version, and then they'll make the deluxe version for the Switch 2. Yeah. And then they'll just capitalize on all that. Because then you'll have 125 million Switches out in the world, plus the predecessor. So that's what I think will happen. Mark that on your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. But now, 41 million people who have already bought this game have access to this $25 add-on. You'll probably get 15 million of those people to buy it. And... Also, I said earlier, I don't have to buy it. I get it for free. If you're a Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack owner, basically if you own the version of it that comes with the N64 and the Genesis, you get this for free. Oh, perfect. Like, Gotta love that. How are you? That We finally have a reason to spend that $50. I've complained. I think that $50 is asinine. But now you're telling me I get a, this DLC. If I still played Animal Crossing, you get that one for free. So now Nintendo's putting all their big DLCs in here included. That's a win. That's a good thing, especially for the future of DLC. I, I really do like that. And I'm not going to have to pay the 25 bucks because I already pay the $50 per year for NSO plus Nintendo 64, uh, the expansion pack. So that's a lot of value for me for Mario Kart. Very, 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 very excited. It did not make my top three. Um, as much as I love it, obviously I'm psyched on nine. Um, uh, I said it before double dash is my favorite Mario Kart. Um, so regardless, amazing news, very excited about it. 48 courses in six waves starting March of this year, going until the end of 2023 for 25 bucks or, or you can get it for free included with your Nintendo switch online. Uh, plus expansion pack. Not the $20 one, the $50 one. Then they brought us home to close the show with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the very, very long rumored next game from Monolith. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out in 2017, sold like gangbusters, was the best-selling Xenoblade Chronicles game ever. Of course, they're going to make a third one. I thought it would come out in December and be the holiday game. It is September. There's one thing I want to say, because this game... Well, two. This game... Didn't grab me. Like I said, I don't really care about the beginninger, the beginninger, the opener or the closer of this direct, but I have been itching to try Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for a very long time. I just heard it kind of doesn't run great. Plus, it's a 200 hour game and that's pretty, Ow. yeah, Ow. that's, that's pretty, um, no way daunting of a task. Uh, Chugga Conroy, a really fun let's player on YouTube that I like a lot. He just finished his like 323 episode series of a full playthrough. So, and they're like 20 minute episodes. I think I might start it and try to get into it. Like, I'll see if I like it. This game's coming out September of 2022. So if you want to sink another 200 hours in, but what this tells me, and I think it's pretty obvious. 
is that this big giant JRPG 200 hour experience is coming out in September. Well, what's that leave? October, November, <laughs> and December. Nintendo has not announced their holiday game. That tells me that the window is wide open for Breath of the Wild 2 to still hit this year because they don't have a holiday. And, and, and that'll be its own direct. Uh, that'll be E3. E3 will be Breath of the Wild 2. It's going to be a blowout. I guarantee 20 minutes. Guaranteed 20 minutes of that direct. It's going to be a 40 to 60 minute direct and 20 minutes of it. 15 will be Breath of the Wild 2. We'll get the name. We'll get the new trailer. We'll get gameplay. We'll get all of it. And we'll get the release date of November. That's my guess. Now, if that doesn't come to pass, then we're getting a new 3D Mario game because the movie's coming out in December and they want to do a tie-in game. Ah, uh, yep. So that's my theory is that, that September is this game because they're leaving the holiday for Zelda or Mario. We just don't know which one yet, but either way I'm eating, I'm eating <laughs> good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this holiday and I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to play yet. That's just a cool thing. Now that's my theory. I could be very wrong, but I think, I think I'm pretty right on it. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds good. Yeah. That was the direct uh, overall again, Sam, we just went through all the announcements, every single one of them. Um, you said it before the opening, the closer didn't do much for you. You still feeling that way now that we went through it. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way. I mean, again, I, I think it was a solid direct. I mean, eight or nine solid. I, I, again, unless they announced like, again, breath of the wild two or, or mother three, I don't know how it could have been better, at least for us. Yeah. And There's uh, nothing the, more the next, done. the next 3d Mario, that would have been the only thing That's maybe it. that, that long rumor donkey Kong game, something like that or, or yeah. gold, gold Knight, or something like that. There, there's other than that. There's nothing else they could have had on here. Yeah. We have two stories coming up that we'll talk about of two things that were leaked and, and you could say missing from the direct, but if they don't exist, they weren't missing. That's just bad info. So we'll talk about that in a few, but um, yeah, this was an a for me across the board. This was an a, I don't care about fire emblem Xenoblade. I don't hate. I just don't really like either yeah. so it's just math for me and they didn't spend a lot of time on splatoon so I, i'm very happy with that overall um we know you're number one but hit us with the other two what was your number three and your number two most hype announcements my number three i went with the dread mode i just nice. know how i just know how fun the dante must die mode was in devil may cry and do that you know oh easy it's easy one to kill you would think yeah but there's a lot of points where it's hard as shit so i could see that being a huge speed run like you said think in the future and number two, I went with the, the Disney Speedstorm. Came out of nowhere. I was not expecting to see Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse freaking drifting. I, I, I thought that was cool. I think that has some legs. So now they have Mario Kart and they'll have Disney's. And my number one was the Mario Strikers battle. That game looks awesome. Don't forget also Chocobo GP, uh, the Final Fantasy kart racer, and Cruising Blast, and Hot Wheels. So they got tons. They got tons of good racing games on, and Star Wars Episode One Racer. They got tons of good racing games on the Switch. If only they had like I don't know their own franchise, like I don't know F Zero. <laughs> God forbid, right? God forbid. <laughs> uh, anyway, my number three. I'm shocked we didn't hear anything about Majora's Mask in this one. That's weird to me because that's coming this month to NSO. Weird that they didn't say anything, but whatever. Um, oh, that. Thank you. Thank you, self. That's what I wanted to say. One last thing on the direct before I go into my top three. I've seen so many people bitching on Twitter. They didn't announce Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD. They didn't announce it. They didn't announce it. Blah, 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 blah. Guys, number one, it was never, ever, 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 ever announced. It was never, ever hinted at. As a matter of fact, you're just saying you want it. And like, you're mad. Well, you know, there's always the people that you can never please that just hate to hate. But, but they're mad over like something that doesn't exist. That's so weird to me. 
That's so weird to me. And if it does exist, great. But Nintendo in February of 2021 at the first ever at the first direct back in 537 days when they gave us Skyward Sword HD and all that other stuff, that little game and watch and whatever, they literally said, we don't have anything else planned for Zelda's anniversary. We don't anticipate any more releases. They weren't fucking lying, guys. Yeah. Like, how can you be mad at them for not announcing these games when they set up front that they don't exist? They very well could, especially if Breath of the Wild gets delayed. That's fine. They very well could. But why are we mad about something that Nintendo is open and honest about? That just blows my mind. Like Prime HD remaster, the, you know, uh, Metroid Prime 4. All these other games, guys, they have plenty of other time to announce it. They got the June Direct. They got the September Direct. Don't worry, fam. This was for the first half of the year. We don't know a lot of Nintendo's second half of 2022. And the first half is stacked beyond belief now. It's okay. Everything will be fine. Not all hits. There are some misses there. That's okay, too. You have other consoles. Go play your fucking PlayStations. It's a great console. Go play it. It's fantastic. I'm still playing PS4 games on it. It's so good. Um... My number three was Earthbound and and Earthbound Beginnings on Nintendo Switch Online. Again, not new games, but it gives me faith. They know. Keeps the hope alive. It gives me hope for the future. They know how much we're clamoring for it. They're going to track the analytics on this game in a way they haven't before. And that's exciting to me. Nintendo referred to them in their PR, their literal press release about this Direct as fan favorites. They fucking know we love them. Nintendo, it's time. Bring Mother 3 home. Remake them. I don't care. Give us Mother 4. I don't give a shit. Please keep Mother alive. This franchise would work so well in the modern day. My God, please bring it back. Number two, Nintendo Switch Sports. Not even close. One of the most nostalgic chimes of my life. I love Wii Sports to get that back as Nintendo Switch Sports to watch Koyazumi, and I can't even remember the other dude playing a fucking volleyball game. That just made me so happy. That yeah, was hilarious. I made it. it just makes me so happy to play bowling again. I don't think there was baseball, but I hope there was to get golf as a free update to play online. Oh my god, I cannot wait. And number one is the most obvious number one of all time: Super Mario Strikers. Like yep. Mario Strikers is the best Mario sports game franchise of them all. Better than golf. Better than tennis. It's going to be here now in full-fledged HD. It's going to get the switch switch treatment. It's going to sell 10 million. Eh, it's going to sell 5 million copies. The other ones probably sell like three to four sports games aren't for everyone. I think this one's going to do the best of all of them. Mario Strikers Battle League. Easy. Number one. Sam, I would tell you that it's your time to talk, but uh, it's the gaming section and I still have stuff to talk about. I just take it over for a little bit. Yeah. Rockstar confirms that the PS5 and Xbox Series XS versions of Grand Theft Auto V will release on March 15th. Finally, we have a date. Finally. And they, you know, you know what sucks? You know what doesn't suck? I was thinking to myself when this was announced. The game's never going to die? I was going to get it again. And I would have bought it on every fucking console. And I was like, let me get the PS5 version. Like, I bet you the load times are great. It probably looks real good. It probably runs amazing. Let me just get it, right? And I was like, it's because we don't got much else. Then the direct happened today, and I'm like, all right, April's good, May's good, June's good. I think I'm all right. I'm going to pass. But we now have a date. So March 15th. Uh, they also confirmed that GTA 6 is an announcement and, and norm- or in development. And normally, I would make that its own story. But like, 
Obviously, they're doing like, obviously that fucking game is in development. This, this other game's nine years old. Of course, GTA 6 is in active development, but I have the quote. Uh, we are pleased to confirm that active development in the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. Now, they never specifically say GTA 6. It could be a spinoff, whatever. Let's let's call it what it is. It's 6. And uh, that's great to know. It's going to be hopefully next-gen console exclusive. There are rumors, and take it with a grain of salt, that it might go back to Vice City, which is very appealing to me. I well, that was pro- well, that and San Andreas were my two favorites. Yeah, and so that kind of appeals to me. It's either that or I want a brand new place. Like that's yeah. never been a thing around before. That would be pretty cool too. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five has now sold. Get this, one hundred and sixty million copies. <laughs> like we talk about MK Eight, Mario Kart Eight, mind boggling. Mario Kart Eight has sold one quarter. Of the sales of GTA Five, uh, which is nuts to think. Now that's like right. three consoles, four consoles, and a PC as opposed to just a Switch. But still, can't be stopped. No, it can't. And um, the even those shitty trilogy sold over ten million already. Jesus, God. the games that all fucking are broken. They still sold yeah, over ten million. Horrible, yeah. Imagine if they were good. I'd have bought them. Like they'd probably you, buy, be- you you buy them now, and that patch is probably like an hour download. Um, you know. And it's probably doesn't fix a lot of a lot of the problems, and that they probably missed out on at least a million or two million ver, uh, sales on that. Sales, but still, yeah. over ten million is, is a great figure. So just nice to know that the future of GTA is in good hands. We kind of knew that already. It's less news and more inevitable, but still worth talking about for a second. We may be getting the GoldenEye remaster in a matter of weeks. This was one of the things that was quote unquote missing from the direct. Um, you never know because technically the game was made by rare who owns rare Microsoft owns rare. So would Microsoft want this to be announced in a Nintendo direct? Who knows? I mean, the game is a Nintendo 64 game. It only really came there. So, um, I I don't know, but this remaster was a 360 remaster. So like, it's like that battle of, who wants to announce it? Who wants to announce it? And if I'm Microsoft and I own the property, well, most of it, We're I, I want to be the one to do it. Of course. You know, the thing is, every eye is on a Nintendo Direct. So like Nintendo Direct audience would have been massive. But you want to talk about a Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. when nothing else is going on. You want to announce this game. Boom. You've just taken over Twitter. So like there is advantages to them doing it by itself. It doesn't get lost in the fabric of a Strikers and a Xenoblade and a Mario Kart. It's its own thing. And also, who knows if it's actually real. But Andy Robinson, the reason I even have it in the story, Andy Robinson of Video Games Chronicle, who famously blocks me on Twitter, so I can't actually see his tweets. um, He said it was uh, amazing games done quick. I just said, hey, man, it's awesome. Not amazing. And he blocked me. So (laughs) there's that. I, I no longer can get scoops from Andy Robinson. But little known fact, everybody. If you just Google the person's Twitter, you can see all their recent tweets. So even if they block you. So that's how I I win, Andy, you fucker. Um, Anyway, he tweeted out, uh, don't be surprised if we see a certain super spy in the next few weeks. And then the person who leaked the GoldenEye remaster tweeted underneath of it a picture of James Bond, which is what I sent you the the picture. Yeah. So I firmly believe that within the next month, Xbox will be announcing the, the GoldenEye remaster coming to Game Pass. I don't, I have less faith that it's coming to Nintendo, um, at least the Switch. 
I because I feel like that'd have been here. They might this might be an E three thing. Like I could see Xbox waiting till E three and Nintendo just having it in their direct. I don't know. I do believe this is a real thing. I do believe we're we're getting it this year. I do believe that Xbox will be the one to announce it, but I just don't know when. He says in a couple weeks. Who knows? But I think he's a trusted source. He did say Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD for Zelda were real and coming, and that's clearly not right. So, again, you kind of take everything with a grain of salt, but I think it's real, and I have faith that we're going to be playing GoldenEye again this year. I, I friggin' hope so. It's been too long. Yeah. The Batman Arkham Collection for Nintendo Switch has been leaked by a credible source, but did not show up in the direct. This could very well be just a random Twitter announcement that they like to do, but it's so weird that if this is real, that it didn't show up in the direct, this would have been one of the, the talking points, the high points of the direct who doesn't love the Arkham games. They're amazing. Yeah. They're some of the best video games ever made. And I mean, of all time, they're so good, especially Arkham Asylum. It's the best Metroidvania I've ever played besides Metroid. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I I know that it was a credible source. I do trust them. We're one of the very few leakers I actually trust. But for it not to be here today, it, not does, a good sign. it doesn't Yeah, it doesn't give me a ton, ton, ton of hope. Again, maybe it's E3. Maybe it's the September Direct. Maybe because they're not coming out till maybe later in the year, Nintendo did say that today's Direct was focused on games mainly coming out in the first half of the year. So maybe they're saving it because it's not coming out until September, October. And we might just get it at E3 or the September Direct. I could see that being a possibility. That's why this story did not get deleted because it wasn't in the Direct. It just might be in a different Direct. Again, I do believe it's real. I just don't know the timing in which we're going to get it. Now, next up, we only have one review in the gaming section. Let's see what IGN thought of Sifu. Uh, Yeah, that's that PS5 exclusive or at least console exclusive like brawler. Wonderful gameplay mechanics. Hard as shit. Uh, not for me. Now, this is the longest review I'd ever have to read on the show about a game that I don't give a fuck about. So here's what I'm going to do. Cliff notes. Cliff notes, baby. That's what I'm going to do. Seafood demands a lot from you. Its combat is impeccable. It's incredibly smooth. It has impactful animations, deep fighting mechanics, and challenging enemies that really want to make you fight tooth and nail for every victory. On the other side of that vicious learning curve is one of the most impressive beat-em-ups I've ever played. It's got excellent level design, fantastic music, and once it was all over, a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction that other games cannot provide. Or few few other games can provide. Yes, a 9 out of 10. Now, you watched gameplay. I watched gameplay. I think this is one of those games you have to experience the gameplay to get it. But watching it? didn't do anything for me i did not care about this game from the second it was announced yes, I, I thought it was boring i alana pierce had it on her, i think the first 25 or 30 minutes on her youtube channel and i watched it and i was just not interested at all i think i watched the first 12 minutes and i was like yeah i'm good i'm definitely never playing this game in my life the voice acting was shit it was just shit and i think this is one of those games where all the Xbox fans on Twitter are like, oh, see you guys have nothing to play. You're loving this. And PlayStation's like, this is a classic. And to me, this is just a curious case of PlayStation 5 doesn't have a lot right now. It just doesn't. And so it will. Horizon comes out. Elden Ring comes out. Like we got games coming. But 
for the last few months, it's been a little slow. So I think that people are finally so excited to have something that's just theirs, yeah. a PS5 game. And so they're going to maybe treat it a little more, a little higher than it actually deserves. It's probably more down in that seven, maybe an eight range. Nine is a really solid score, really great score. Um, not like seven's not, you know, seven's looked at like a four nowadays, but I think it's mm-hmm. probably more there. And again, it's one of those games where I feel like with the controller in your hand, you probably get it more probably just something clicks with you but it's not a game that visually appeals to me when it was first announced i was one of the few people that just didn't care i've never cared and i'm going to continue to not care (laughs) google stadia is dead oh thank god we've been waiting a long time to have this story Um, (laughs) we knew it we knew it was coming right writing's been on the wall um yeah so google is basically Stadia is basically licensing their tech out. They're going to try and sell the tech, their streaming backbone that they have, and apparently the best way to play cyberpunk. And, uh, and they're going to kind of rename and rebrand as Google stream. I believe it's called. And if this was 2020, if I'm Sony, I'm like, yo, how much you want? How much you want? But, uh, probably not anymore. They had Gaikai for that too. So they, they probably might've been a conflict of interest, but like, an Xbox doesn't need it. They got a really good backbone. So I don't know who's going to take advantage of this and who's going to buy Stadia. But after a couple years in the market, Stadia is going to go the way of old Yeller. That's okay. That's okay by me, man. This, this, it was, we all have our moment. You know, we all have our time. This is not a thing that ever appealed to me. There are a couple people that play Stadia that listen to this show. And good on you. But if you have to stream a game to play it, uh, you know, that's not a Super Nintendo game. Like I'm talking like a graphically intensive yeah. game. Not everybody's got internet for that, man. And so this just doesn't matter to me. Game streaming outside of the old retro NES, that's just, it's just not for me. And the last story we have in gaming, Xbox finally clarifies that Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard titles will stay multi-platform and even expand to Nintendo in the future. That puts the kibosh on that. Now, there's one caveat. And I thought I was crazy for saying it. You thought I was crazy for saying it. But I've seen people with the check mark, Colin Moriarty included, and Riley Little, and a bunch of other people on Twitter saying, if Spartacus doesn't work, Game Pass is going to end up on other places. It's going to end yeah. up on PlayStation. It's going to end up on Nintendo. And that's that could be what this means. It could not. It could mean Call of Duty will be available wherever Game Pass is available. And I could see that being something. But for now, we're going to read it as it's written. Call of Duty will stay on PlayStation. We can all shut the fuck up and go back to our lives. Everyone can calm down and enjoy your Call of Duty. For real. Like all you people that play two games a year, it's Call of Duty and Madden. You guys are safe. Uh, Let's move into TV where, Sam, my voice hurts so bad and I don't have a drink. I'm going to ask you to talk for as long as humanly possible here. The best story we got today, in my opinion, outside of obviously the direct because I'm a fanboy. Hulu is reviving Futurama. So I said earlier, this is where you're going to want to get Hulu for a 20 episode reboot series. What was your first reaction when I sent you that text? As I never had a doubt. I, I swear I've said it so many times in this podcast, like Futurama is going to come back. It, it, it's the show that it won't, it won't stay down. It was down. They got revived. Came got two more seasons, and then they did like a, a, they were on a Nerdist. They did an episode there. Then they did a little something else for another cause, and it was just a matter of time. Every every cast member always wanted to do more. So to me, it was only a matter of time. It's like it, it really was was 
Matt Groening and David X. Cohen, were they not busy enough with, with Simpsons to actually want to? You know, they got the other show, Disenchanted, that's on Netflix. It's just good to know that they didn't forget about our good space show, Futurama. <clears throat> it's just something you want. Much oh, less, yeah. I, yeah. You know, it, they got you're signed excited, for but. Oh, my. I'm, dude, I'm totally excited. Now, like, especially the, if the last one aired, what? I think in 2013? Ish, I think yeah. that's when it ended 2013. You're talking about the Comedy Central run? Yeah, I think two thousand. Well, it's two in two thousand nine. Comedy Central picked up for twenty six episodes, and then they renewed it for its final seventh season. Ended in two thousand thirteen. Okay, I was right. Okay, so now you had what? You almost got, you almost got ten years of new material that new ideas. Futurama was a very smart show written. And think about I, how far technology's come in ten years, and where they can even take that. And if they've 20, just, this is just 20. I'm assuming it's going to do well and we're going to get more than 20. So we know that, of course, Billy West, who Fry, Philip, or Philip J. Fry, Professor Farmsworth, and a bunch of other people. Um, I think he, I think he was even Zoidberg, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Zap Brannigan. Yeah. Zap Brannigan. Yep. He was Zoidberg. Yep. The only character that I don't see signed on right now, and it's a big one. It's Bender Bending Rodriguez. We need John DiMaggio. Yeah. Bender Bending Rodriguez. We we, we need him. To me, he, like, with, I, honestly, I, I almost want to say, if you don't get him, I feel like it's going to hurt the show to, to bring it back. Because I ain't going to lie. If I have to hear Bender in, in a different voice, that's going to affect me. Yeah, this isn't Hermes we're talking about. You know, it's not like a side I, I don't know, character. and I love Hermes. You I'm know just what I mean? like from a side character. If, like, what's her name? Oh, and Hermes Phil Lamar is coming back. Yeah, what the hell is her fuck? Amy. If like Amy got recast, it's like okay, you can live with that. Yeah, and um, and Lauren Tom, she's she's coming back. It's it's almost everyone, and it, it, it's literally everyone but John DiMaggio. So I, I I'm assuming it's him signing contracts. I I I, heard, I did read something that it's leaked that they were reviewing for it. That they they did announce that they were they would cast him if they had to, but they know that they need John DiMaggio as Bender. He'll be they, there. They, it, it's that's just a, it's a gimme. He'll be there. It's like making Mario Strikers and not putting Mario in the game. Like he'll be there. Yeah, I mean, again, the show had seven seasons, 140 episodes. I think there was four movies. Yeah, you know, I see three TV of them guy, were three of them were good. Bender's big game, not so much. TV Guy ranks Futurama as the, the top 60 greatest TV cartoon shows of all time. I mean, it, it's it's a beloved show. It is, so and we so talk about get, getting a, a ninth round. We talk about it all. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. Like it's one of the shows you always go back to, and like there are so many just iconic episodes and moments from that show that still hold up twenty years later, like Jurassic yeah. Bark and the time skip episode, and just yeah. the premise alone of Fry getting stuck in a cry lot, uh, the the cryogenical freezer for a thousand years and coming to New New York, and the things that. A, that show nailed about the future. And B, yep. just the incredible inventiveness of Matt Groening and team to think so far in advance of what new New York could actually look like. And like, yep. I think of uh, my favorite episode of all time, The Problem with, Pop- uh, the problem with Poplars. Pop- yep. Just one of the greatest yeah, episodes of TV ever. And like, and dude, dude just, just to get more Zap Brannigan, just his dialogue alone, I, I'm good. Arguably the funniest line from the show is something we always used to say to each other all the time. <laughs> paper covers rock, but rock covers paper. Kiff, we have a conundrum. <laughs> oh, and I, I, I'm just seeing now, freaking Frank Welker was the voice of Nibbler. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. 
Holy, yeah, that's just saying, like, just his voice. Oh, remember, he does talk. <laughs> he does in, talk. In, he does yeah. talk. Uh, I'm well, sure again, that's we, what they we, mean by it. We won't have to wait long. They said it's going to air in 2023. Yeah, I mean, animated shows come together quickly. You draw them, you voice them, you edit yeah. them, they're good to go. There's not any special effects because they're already just animated. So, like, I love that aspect of it. Um, I oh. think about, like, uh, Lieutenant Lemon or Sergeant Lemon. What is that? Jurgens, sir. Jurgens. Kiff. Order me a whole case of Jurgens. <laughs> no, no. Oh, pert and popular. Pert and popular, sir. What about your Jurgens? Rub it on some homeless man with dry elbows. Jeez. Dude, you know, it, it's so funny. Look at the whole cast and watch it. All of them do the, like, everyone's doing multiple voices except Katie Siegel. Just Leela. Just as Leela. <laughs> just Leela. Everyone else has four or five roles as one. <laughs> Poplars. I can't wait. Poplars. These are great. They're like sex. But I'm having them. It's just like so many classic <laughs> lines. Me and you, me and you watch that show together in your basement. I don't know how many times, like just a thousand times, man. It's just, it's one of the best animated shows of all time. It's the show that from 2004 to 2006, it was the show that I watched exclusively at night to fall asleep to. Yeah, it was Adult Swim. No, I, I meant just on DVD, but like, yes, like oh, gotcha, gotcha, Adult gotcha. Swim, all that. That's the show every night I put on to fall asleep to. For a while, it was How I Met Your Mother, and and then now it's YouTube stuff. But like, for two years, it was Futurama, and I was at a very impressionable age back then. I was sixteen back then. So, uh, this is some of the greatest news. If there wasn't a Nintendo Direct, this would have led the show. This would have. Oh my god! Yeah. Story. So, and it's going to be in the episode title, as you can see. Nintendo Direct reactions plus Futurama is back. Or something along those lines. That's how much this means to us that we put yeah. it in the episode. We'll right. sign up and get free thirty days for Hulu for this. Then you can watch Pen Fifteen and Only Murders in the Building. And then there's then there's a list of fifteen shows on Hulu that I never watched. And Letter Kenny, you can no, finally I can't. That, that show's dead to me. I can't. You can finally watch them no. all. I'm so excited for you, Sam. Timothy Oliphant is coming back for a justified spin-off miniseries. So it sounds like it's just a one season thing justified city primeval yeah and again it, this is another book based off um it was a, elmer leonard who was based off his originally the show is based off fire in the hole but again i raved about this show so long it was funny i was just talking to a buddy on ig about you know book of boba fett and timothy oliphant justified and just how, how great of a show it is and i just happened to go you know just, just type in justified and i see it was like what in january 2022 i freaking freaked I I think this show. I mean, again, it's it's. I think it's got like Rotten Tomatoes, hundred percent. Like every show, Timothy Oliphant is amazing as freaking Raylan Givens. This is developed by Graham Yost, and he's he plays a U.S. Marshal in Kentucky, specifically Harlan County, and it just gives into from booze to drugs to to everything in between. It ran for six seasons, seventy eight episodes. From beginning to end, this is another show that I would consider like like Breaking Bad, you know, Better Call Saul, like that writing, the acting, everyone. Walton Goggins, he is, this is like where I, I really fell in love with him as an actor. He is absolutely fantastic. Margot Marindale, she won a freaking um, a primetime Emmy Award. Her and Jeremy Davis for the performances in this show. I cannot wait to go back. I know it's not going to take place. In Harlan County, I think it's uh, in Florida. I, th- I thought I read, um, but I-, I cannot wait to dive back in this world. I am so excited. Me too. And this is a show I said that is 
now added to my backlog because it sounds interesting. I love like that Wild West setting type deal, or at least at least that kind of time period. And so, and we all love Timothy Oliphant, not only from Deadwood, but even his time in a couple of other shows that I don't want to spoil out there for you Disney fans. I mean, gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. even He was Detective Grykoff. He was great. Uh, So to have him come back, be the star of this series. I don't love the name City Primeval, but that's okay. Maybe it's it's, it's the it's the title of the novel. There like you go. literally, it's a novel of his book. There you so go. So again, D- Graham Yokes is coming back, who developed it from day one. I'm just waiting to hear if Walton Goggins is coming back, because the only name I heard so far is Timothy Olyphant. I mean, that's all you need. But Walton Goggins was so good in the show. I asked Ash. I said, "Do you have any interest in watching Justified?" And without her saying, "What's that?" she said, "Yeah." So. <sighs> Uh, it's, it's officially added to the backlog. I'm very excited for that one. I'll let you all know how I feel about it. I'm sure this is a 2023, 2024, but still nice to know. Cause Timothy Oliphant is a damn fine actor. Very underrated. Oh, seriously. He, again, he underrated, you know, he was in the Hitman. He was Hitman. There was no great, but I, I thought he was okay. Just cause I like him as an actor. Yeah. And just Deadwood is one of the most underrated shows of all time. It only got three seasons on HBO and he is just so phenomenal in that now i still haven't seen the deadwood movie it's fantastic but yeah you know, i trust a, a guilty pleasure with me and timothy oliphant like a like a chick flick catch and release never guilty, never watched it guilty pleasure juliette lewis is in it jennifer oh, nice. gardner kevin smith guilty pleasure and um another one you might have saw is i am number four i don't know if you ever saw that i never saw it. Like, i feel like i might have heard of it Directed by DJ Caruso. Very good film. I was waiting for the sequel and it don't look like it. Also, in the last one recommendation I'll give you for him is he was the villain in Live Free, Die Hard in 07. Before the last two after that were absolutely dog shit. This was the last good Die Hard movie. I Am Number 5 is that sequel, right? Yeah, if we got it, yeah. (laughs) Disney Plus gave us a release date for the Obi-Wan series. And it's sneaking up on us, friend. It's just three months away. May 25th. Dude, that's it. Dude, oh my God. I, I, I can't freaking wait. I, I've been watching this guy. I was watching pictures of freaking him when he was training with Tony Horton, the P90X guru, to get into shape for Obi-Wan. So I kind of saw his journey from kind of where he started to where he finished. I cannot wait to see him. Hayden Christensen, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Piesi. I don't know who she's playing, but you at least know the first three. And it's six episodes. I, I can't wait. Hmm. I feel like this show has been the like, will they, won't they uh, mystery? Like, sh- like, I feel like it's one of those shows like Hayden Christensen's coming back. And we, so, and so, the Vermont, so here, here it is. The series begins with Obi-Wan watching over Luke Skywalker on Tatooine 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith and takes the character on a rocking adventure. I do just, again, I wish that Star Wars would kind of get away from the Skywalker era and just give us more, but it is the thing that's going to bring in. It's like Pokemon Gen 1. They remake it 15 times for a reason. It's going to bring in the fans from the originals, and that's kind of the driving force here. This is Obi-Wan from the prequels, though. Ewan McGregor is reprising his role, and we we thought this was never going to come, and then and now the date's like three months away. It's really snuck up on us. That's what yeah. a pandemic will do for you. Um, this is a day one watch. I am very, very, very excited for this one. Long time coming. Very long time coming. Disney Plus is getting a live action Goosebumps series. I kept this in here because I am kind of psyched. R.L. Stein is an underrated horror uh, writer, especially that child's horror. 
the original Goosebumps run, I think it was on Nickelodeon or something along those lines, was underrated. I'm kind of pumped for this. I, I get as a kid, you know, grow, being born in the you know, 80s, growing up in the 90s, we read the books. They were at our book fairs. I read the Goosebumps. Yeah. I st- I never even watched the two Goosebumps movies with Jack Black. Me neither. I didn't care. Well, I don't even know how they are. No, but this, like, that you want to talk about nostalgia, dude? That opening theme, dun, 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 dun. like that, yeah. that has a lot of nostalgia for me. And that slime and the girl with the haunted mask and da da da. I'd love to see that again. Fuck, first of all, put the old Goosebumps show on Disney Plus or wherever. It's probably on Paramount Plus, I, I would imagine. But yeah, it makes sense. Put that somewhere we could watch it, uh, especially if you're going to give us a new one. <laughs> I, I'm excited for this. I do hope they keep the child, uh, the childy, campy stuff. And I hope they don't go more into like, I don't know how to explain it because it's Disney Plus after all. Um, just just make sure it has that goosebumps feel to it and you don't go hard left or hard right. Yeah. Just kind of keep it down the middle. Jack and Daxter could be, could be the next PlayStation property be, to be turned into a film or TV series. This comes by way of the director of the Uncharted film. I, I can't remember his name. Ru- is it Ruben Fleischer? Ru- Ruben Fleischer, yeah. Yeah. He said today, Wednesday, that he's working with PlayStation to turn Jack and Daxter into something. So that's a good sign. This comes a day after Tom Holland, who talks way too much, more than I do, said, you know, I'd really like a Jack and Daxter movie. So, or like to do one, blah, blah, blah. I'd like to put it on A24 so we're going to have it be campy. Blah, blah, blah. That was his little fucking subtle tease. He knew what was going on because he's in Uncharted with Ruben Fleischer. So, of course, he knows. So we could be getting Jack and Daxter on top of Twisted Metal and God of War and Ghost of Tsushima and all the cool stuff that Sony's I mean, bringing us. I mean, it's, it's definitely you know a good time to be games, get some movies. Jack and Dexter was a never one I played, but I did have a few buddies that absolutely loved the game and said it's fun. I did watch some gameplay. It's just, I don't know, I, I, could, I just never got into it growing up. There, I don't know, it was, I don't know if it still is. It was on sale. The PS, there's a collection of it on PS4 of all the old games that was on sale on the PS5 and PS4 stores. Pretty cheap. So if you've never played them, there is a collection. So like go download that on your PlayStation 4s or 5s to kind of get into that world. It's a very, I think it was Naughty Dog. I, I think Naughty Dog made it. Uh, it's a very ratchet and clanky kind of early 2000s, late 90s kind of duo platformer type deal. It's what you're going to get with it. And I like it a lot. It's never going to be up there in my favorite games of all time. But like I said, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, Twisted Metal, The Last of Us. All these things are becoming, pro- Bungie just got, uh, acquired with hopes of making destiny into it. So like Sony is going to be the real driving force here behind turning video game adaptations into good, solid pieces of other media. That's good. I'm very excited about that direction. Oh yeah. Uncharted too, by the way, <laughs> uh, I forgot about that one. Lord of the Rings on prime has been rumored to get its debut trailer or at least a teaser during the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, you and I were obviously going to both watch the Super Bowl because we like sports football and it actually could be a good Super Bowl. Again, commercials, they're always fun. We always usually have a top three of commercials. Yeah, we'll do that again this year. They did disappoint, though. Uh, yeah, I, I would say last year, I think there was only one good one that we I, I really like last year that I can remember. Um, and I, again, there's a lot, of, a lot of trailers come. Moon Knight, supposedly a new Doctor Strange. I'm really looking forward to this Lord of the Rings um, this is, this takes place well before the events in the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So this is basically the forging of the rings of power, the rise of the dark Lord Zaramon and the last alliance between elves and men. I cannot wait to dive back into this world. I hope each episode 
The first season, eight episodes. I hope they're at least an hour plus each. I am ready. Can't wait. Now, this Super Bowl, for the first time either ever or in a long time, is on NBC. Not CBS, I think it was originally. Um, or ABC. No, CBS usually carried it. This is going to be on NBC. NBC owns Universal. So there were rumors that a Super Mario movie trailer was going to be shown. I am here to quell and squash that. No the way. Mo- the movie doesn't come out till December. They're not showing you a first trailer 10 months in advance. No way. Yeah, no chance. Way too early. Wait, no chance. If anything, they'll do it at the E3 Direct, and they'll control that message. No way. A lot more eyes in the Super Bowl. They're, than the they're not going to spend freaking $25 million for that trailer. But but like that's why I think it's important to remember that it's on NBC. If Universal, who owns, obviously, it's NBC Universal, um, I, I don't know who would front that bill. I don't know if Nintendo would have to pay that bill or if because Universal is distributing the film, if they would have to front the bill for the trailer to be on the Super Bowl. But if it's on their own network, they probably don't got to pay much or anything since they kind of own the network that the game's going to be on. So I don't know how that works. That is not my boat. It's way above my pay grade. But even though there are more eyes on the Super Bowl, I don't want it to get lost in the sauce. I don't think it would. Let it be at the direct or after. Give it to us randomly on a fucking Wednesday for something to talk about. Who knows? Who cares? Just don't expect a Mario trailer here. Ten months away, we're not getting a trailer this early. This is not happening. Uh, in in movies, as we stay on Lord of the Rings, and we'll talk about the Lightyear trailer in a sec, but to stay on the Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit IP, that's both games and film, not TV, because obviously right now Lord of the Rings has that, is up for sale, which is just crazy to think. Now, remember, New Line and Warner Brothers does own a piece of the movie IP. Obviously, they made that the, those six films, so they still own that part. But the IP itself is available for sale. You said something earlier. I'll let you say it again. What do you think? I mean, again, it makes sense. Amazon is going to wind up buying this shit. I mean, they bought the television rights for $250 million, um, and projected that they're planning to do a five-season arc, which is going to be at least a billion dollars. Just That's just in TV. Amazon's got all the money, so it makes perfect sense for them to just say, you know what? Lord of the Rings is going to – they're sticking – they're coming home with us. Yeah, this is like an auction house type deal. The, the distributor now, the person who owns the rights of the company, I should say, is valuing it around $2 billion, which when you hear 3.6 for Bungie, 7 for Bethesda, 70 for AB, like only it sounds two. Low. <laughs> it sounds kind of low for this, but for a strictly one IP, yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, you have games, you have movies, and I think Amazon makes sense too. I think it makes sense because Amazon just published their second incredibly successful online game um so they have it now it's like warfall or some some dumb fucking thing i'll never play um new world or something but anyway they're they're finding really good traction in the video game publishing space so if they can do that with like a lord of the rings mmo or something and let somebody else develop it they publish it it goes out on luna or whatever they want to take it who cares where they put it but like that could be smart for them Obviously, to control, make a new movie, tie into the show, whatever you want to do there. But for Amazon to be home of Lord of the Rings, I think makes a lot of sense. And it yep. would not shock Jeff Bezos gets paid $2 billion like an hour. So <laughs> I think he'll be just fine. They can afford that shit and then some. I am with you. I would project Amazon to be yep. the, the team to buy 
the, this IP. Last story before we go to your weekly WADA. Uh, Lightyear, that Buzz Lightyear origin story with Chris Evans as the voice of Buzz Lightyear, not Tim, uh, not uh, Tom Hanks uh, and Tim Allen. Tim Allen does Buzz. What uh, what did you think of this trailer number two here for Lightyear? I, I, I'm going to be honest. I did not expect it to like as much as I did. I mean, I, I guess I should have more faith when it's Pixar animation because Pixar, they, they make great freaking films. Um, I, I did read that Chris Evans, like when they he, he just went to go visit Pixar Studios and they offered him the role at the spot. And he said yes immediately. So I thought that was kind of cool. I, I, the, the cast that I see, we have uh, uh, Taika Watiti and Efren Ramirez. Besides, they're the only two other cast I know besides Chris Evans. And this is going to sell toys. I, I kind of, I it came out of nowhere. A movie I never expected ever in my life that we would get, and to say that, I'm, I, I kind of want to see it in theaters. Yeah, I'm going to wait for Disney Plus, but I did not expect to like this as much. As Same. I, 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 I was almost out on it. Like, oh, you don't even have Tim Allen, and I'm like, you know what? And and his the, the his voiceover, I was like, I kind of like Chris Evans. Kind of remind you of a little bit of uh when he played the douche in um. Uh, not another teen movie. movie. No, God damn it! Not, oh, I mean, you could say that one. But I was thinking uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, just the way he, he made his voice, like the actor voice. Captain just Marvel kinda... and Captain America were both in Scott Pilgrim. Just want to point that out. There you go. And Brandon Routh, who was Superman. Yeah, yeah. And Black Canary, who is that? Black is it? Black Canary. Well, and you had Thomas Jane, who was in, and he was the Punisher. So yeah. you're a lot of a lot of superheroes in that movie. Yeah. Real quick though, married. Um, not Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Jane. Oh my God. What the, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. She was Black yep. Canary, right? That's who she plays. She, she played. Oh, uh, Hunter. I thought she played Huntress. Huntress. Thank yep. you. Huntress. Yep. Huntress. Huntress. Thank you. Thank you. Black Canary was um, um, the singer lady. I forget yeah, her name. Yeah. Good call. Um, all right. So I uh, love the art style. I like the way he looks. I like the way he sounds. I like the more mature take on it. I'm, I'm in on Lightyear. It's Pixar. We, sh- we should have had more faith. I, I'm in on Lightyear. I am not in on theatrical, but I'm totally in day one Disney Plus. Sam, bring us home your weekly WADA. Weekly WADA. I uh, just got this game and two other ones back last week. I'm actually getting another order delivered, I think, on Friday. So I'll look for that. But this one, this is a game that definitely um, holds a lot of meaning because it was the first one I played for the series. This is for PlayStation 1, Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. This came out in 2002. I was in seventh grade. Um, the first print comes with three limited edition cards. I had the second print, which doesn't come with. The first print, you would get Harpy's Pet Dragon. Uh, I think it was Metal Morph. And it was, I think it was Red Eyes Black Metal Dragon. I think that's who it was. But this one, I got the second print. You still have the, um, the first party Y scene with the Sony security label. You have that. Um, this is the 7.0 ACL rating. Came out in 2002. Konami, localization of the 1999 Sony PlayStation game Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters based on the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game developed by Konami. Um, there's two small cases in the front. Uh, Wada starts to note that on the back if you have a crack in the game at all, which I actually like. I feel like they should always do that. Um, this game was sold in a, a two-disc PlayStation game case, yet the game's only one disc. The reason behind this is the manual is, is so much bigger than a typical PlayStation game that they had to make it in in a two you know two disc game. Uh, the reviews on it were mixed. 
This game was hard as shit. I'm not going to lie. I remember this taking me so long. I felt like it was rigged. Like, again, just some of the battles. I was like, like you, I, was, I felt like you can't win unless you got certain cards that you were fucking meant to lose this duel every goddamn time. GameSpot only gave it a 5.9 out of 10. Metacritic has it a 57 out of 100. And it, it, it's probably about right. I mean, it, it wasn't the best game. It was just PS1 introducing it. Some of the games, uh, the, um, the way the Duel Monsters, it was a little bit different than the show. So you kind of had to get used to it. It was just super hard. But again, being in seventh grade, picking up, you know, when I got out of Pokemon, jumped in on Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, this was the first game I bought for a PlayStation 1. Again, it, it was just nostalgia. It's 7 0. It's not a crazy grade. It's probably, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be worth some money because it's still a sealed game. But it, it, it's not about that for me. It's more about the memories I had playing the game, even with Machi growing up with the card game. I know it's funny. Machi just texted me yesterday. He's loving, um, which, uh, I don't know if it's Speed Duel, the new Yu-Gi-Oh game. I forget what it's even freaking called right now. But he, he's loving it. And he was like, dude, how come you're not playing back? I was like, man, I'm, I'm just so old school. Like, the new format, is, it's so out of my league. I'm not even there anymore. But always love to hear when Machi's playing Yu-Gi-Oh. But again, if you didn't get a chance, I, I won't recommend playing it because it's well outdated. But Yu-Gi-Oh, forbidden memories for the PlayStation 1. Uh, <clears throat> the creator basically of gears of war cliff blazinski cliffy b just tweeted out wait a minute they're reviving futurama without john dimaggio are you kidding me so definitely <laughs> definitely it's out there and people are saying on the comments they're trying contract negotiations they're definitely trying they're definitely trying so i, and, and, I have a he, feeling it'll happen and he and he loves it because he was just on i think it was michael rosenbaum's podcast and again he, he loves bender he loves the role he loved the cast I'm sure at this point, it's just about money, locking them down. I'm sure they will. Everyone is tagging John DiMaggio with Bender. That's, he's he's going to trend Bender, John DiMaggio, just because of this. And this will push them to probably fork over the extra bucks to get bring Bender back. I appreciate everybody listening. Hey, remember, this is your last opportunity, last reminder. Valentine's Day, this coming Monday, we drop our bonus episode with Mike Minotti. We'll be doing that interview 24 hours from now. Very excited about that. We have a lot of things to talk about, especially now after that direct. We'll be sure to get his thoughts because he'll be this will be his first podcast since the direct. So uh his first appearance talking about his reactions will be here. He did a live stream reaction to it, so technically there, but you know what I mean? It'll be here first before games beat the sides on Friday. So Please check out our interview with Mike Minotti, one of the Beef and Cheddar Boys, and then we'll be back next week with episode 270. Google Stadia. What a joke. Hey!